realize that you're a walking dead person? You're dead toward God. You're spiritually dead. Your soul is dead. Your spirit is dead. Your body is alive, but you're dead. The real you is dead. Now, what needs to be done for a dead person? He needs to be made alive. And that's the work of the Holy Spirit, to make you alive. Jesus said you must be born again. And that word actually means to be made This is going to be kind of a test. Uh, unfortunately, my voice is gone. <laughs> so we'll see how this goes. Um, this may be inevitably the first episode, <clears throat> or it may just be a test of the Biblical Truth podcast. Uh, and I wanted to talk about holiness and purity, something that's not preached on a lot in today's churches, I, I think, and uh, something we've kind of thrown by the wayside. Unfortunately, so. Because the Bible uh, draws a clear line on it. You know, we're called to purity and holiness and uh, to grow and change in Christ. Um, and unfortunately today, uh, things get watered down. Things get lost. Um, it becomes a self-serving gospel, more or less. And that's not all churches. But, uh, you know. I've noticed a lot in the mainstream churches and some of these mega churches, that's a, a lot of it is a feel good gospel kind of thing. You know, if I don't go to church and come away feeling great or, uh, you know, feeling good about myself, then I, you know, I'm just going to leave church. You know, how many times have we heard that? Right. And I think that if you're going to church and you're not challenged, if you're not stretched, and grown. I think you're getting cheated. Honestly. Um, you know, iron sharpens iron. We're, we're not, you know, we should be challenged when we go to church. When we hear the word. You know, the cross should be offensive. It should be. Um, you know, so we, we need to grow. We need to be getting stretched and grown when we go to church. It shouldn't just be... Uh, you know, a country club where, where you go to uh, be, to feel good, come away with a, a great feeling and, oh, you know, I can go about my week. And I'm not, I'm not saying that you should feel like garbage after you leave church, but conviction by the Holy Spirit should be present, right? That's something that should be present. God's word should convict us. Holy Spirit should convict us. And if we're not feeling conviction, and we're not growing, then there's a problem there. There's a disconnect. Um, so holiness. In order to truly receive God's glory and presence, I believe we need to purify ourselves and provide a clean vessel for Holy Spirit to reside. The Holy Spirit will do this purification if we repent and allow God to work in us. I believe in the times we are in, we are being called to a new level of purity and holiness to welcome God's presence for the end time church. 
there will be a remnant of true believers of the true gospel of Jesus Christ. While the lukewarm worldly will continue to stray from the gospel and pervert it. I believe this remnant will be persecuted by this false church and false believers. And that's just a thought statement that I, I, you know, I was driving or, you know, God kind of showed me um, just kind of something I decided to write down. Uh, And it belongs to a bigger stream of thoughts that I've been having for years and and just watching the church decline in a lot of ways. And this isn't going to be like a bashing session here for, you know, churches and stuff. We, we, we get enough of that. Honestly, we're so divided as Christians with uh, denominationally and everything else. We, you know, and it goes back to that point I made it within that, you know, statement. Um, I think that the church will eat itself. It'll persecute itself. I think that as the church splits into these different directions, uh, you're going to see that. You're going to see that remnant of true believers who are looking and searching for true biblical Christianity, guided by the Holy Spirit. You'll have that group that just wants to get back to what Jesus wanted the church to be. And then you have this other group that, you know, maybe some of them are older, but it is a lot of the newer generation, but just false doctrine was taught to them. Uh, You know, there's so many different things that can happen and rabbit holes you can go down and false teachers that you listen to that take you there. Whatever the case may be, these people were led astray and then they get older or they become leadership in the church and they lead other people astray. And, you know, you'll have, I I think there's going to be that divide. There already is that divide. You know, there's believers that this is their life. They're doing what Jesus asked, which is to lay down everything. And no one's perfect. I'm definitely not. (laughs) Definitely not. Ask my wife. Okay. I'm not perfect. I have to deal with my sin daily i have to look at that i have to uh do what paul said crucify my flesh daily i think we all do so i'm not throwing stones but we have to get things right doctrinally and living a life with almost a hyper grace kind of thing which gets preached a lot more than you would think you know, oh, well, Jesus went to the cross and he paid it all and you can just live however you want after you accept him into your life. And that's, he went to the cross and died and bled and was resurrected for your sins, past, future, and present. That is true. But you can't continue to sin. I mean, he, every time Jesus you know, went to people and healed people and miracles were done. There was a purification that happened. There was a total healing that happened. There was the, you know, they turned from their sin. They said, I'm done. I'm and their lives were changed. They were changed. He created in them a new heart. He purified them. And I believe that's what happens when you get, when you become saved, truly saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. You're a new heart is created in you. Now, the temptation and those demons, that comes around. 
that you know that's still gonna happen now you can do things you obviously put on the full armor of god be in your bible daily praying daily seeking god filling yourself up with the things of heaven the heavenly things rather than the earthly things and when you do that you're so full of those things that all that other stuff it's gone but you will have those struggles especially if you're opening doors to the demonic you know uh the occult you're messing around and dabbling and all these evil things you knock on that door long enough and the devil answers remember that so i'm not going to get into the halloween debate we're not going to do that here <coughs> excuse me like i said previously i'm dealing with uh some sickness that's been going on for about a week um, so i'll try to not cough into the microphone um but yeah um those things will still come around especially if you're if you're letting them in through open doors and open windows right so we kind of got off topic but holiness and purity um and i think i believe where I, the rabbit hole i went down was this, the hyper grace doctrine that gets preached and this you know forgive me this isn't structured at all this is just you know thoughts i've had and, and just talking free form and maybe going over some notes so this isn't like a traditional podcast per se this is just me talking so i hope that's okay um Sometimes it's good to just talk and free flow. So anyway, so back to it, this hyper grace thing that's gone on and we, we've gotten away from, we don't even preach on sin. I, I feel like a lot of churches don't. I feel like it's, we've gotten so far away from just preaching the word. And, you know, that really disheartens me. It really does. And I know you're, you're supposed to study the word on your own time. A hundred percent. I agree. But, you know, if I'm going to church and I'm just hearing a series of stories and almost like a stand-up comedy, look, I like to laugh too. <laughs> I like uh, anecdotes and uh, funny stories and all that. But I just, when I have been to other churches and listened to their live streams, like I, I, it's almost like a self-help kind of deal where it's like... <clears throat> Here's 10 easy steps to make your life better. And it's, that's just not, I feel like what Jesus was preaching. In fact, Jesus said, and he's like, Hey, follow me and die, die to yourself, sell everything you own and follow me. This isn't going to be easy. But if you follow me, the heavenly rewards will be great and i'm paraphrasing two or three different scriptures so that's kind of what i get from a lot of churches you know they're not preaching on sin or holiness or holding yourself to those higher standards anymore it's how can i get people in the church how can i get butts in seats how can i keep them there how can i keep them tithing and folks, don't get me wrong, this isn't every church. This isn't every church. But I feel like I really have to speak on this. 
Because this is becoming an epidemic in a lot of churches. It really is. You have to preach on sin. You have to tell people, look, you can't just move in with your boyfriend or your girlfriend. You can't just live like that. The Bible preaches against that. Jesus preached against that. And to the people that, you know, especially with, I'm going to say it, you know, the people that come out and say, well, Jesus never said anything about homosexuality or this or this or this. And my, you know, counter to that is he did not have to. (laughs) Okay? I'm not trying to be mean or hateful. But he didn't have to preach directly on absolutely everything. He didn't rehash every moral law that Yahweh gave. He didn't have to. Because it was understood. How many times do we hear Jesus say, it is written, it is written. He believed the Torah. He, everybody knew those moral laws. Jesus came to fulfill. Okay? Now, we're going down a rabbit hole here that I'm going to briefly touch on, and I want to get right back off of it because it's, it's something I want to speak on at a later time. And I'm already going down a big rabbit hole here. So let's just, we'll kind of dial it back and, and come back to this. But Jesus didn't have to reiterate everything that the Father gave us. Because that was just understood. These things were understood in that culture. Now, as far as, you know, like I said, we're not going to get into Leviticus here. It's a big, big, deep rabbit hole. But, you know, he fulfilled the law. He was the ultimate sacrifice, the ultimate atonement. He atoned for those things. So, therefore, all those Levitical, your dietary laws, and you, you get, like I said, you can get into the weeds here because when you look at Leviticus, you're looking at laws and things, and there's subsections here. It's deep. And most people don't take the time to go into this and really understand. Like, you have your moral laws. You have the Ten Commandments, and then you have additional things with the Ten Commandments and your moral laws. You know, obviously, incest, all those other things fall into that moral law category. And this is going to be on another podcast that I'm going to do to really deep dive into this. But, you know... We don't have to offer blood sacrifices anymore because the ultimate sacrifice, the ultimate blood of Jesus Christ was spilt so that we don't have to keep doing that anymore. He fulfilled it. But he did not abolish the moral law. And I get that argument. That's the pushback I get, you know, a lot of times. Uh... And, you know, he also, there's a lot of things he didn't directly address. Like, you know, pedophilia. So are you telling me that because Jesus didn't address pedophilia, well, that's okay. And some people might argue that it is, which is disturbing in and of itself and should tell you it should be like a, a, a temperature test. Lit, what is a litmus test for where we are at societally, Right. That's scary. I've heard that argument, and I'm not going to go into that here. It's like, I feel like I, I got to stay on track, because I'm getting off track here. And I can go down these rabbit holes when I get to talking. Um, 
But yeah, purity, holiness, we got to start preaching on it because we're still called to that. And I really feel that to experience God's presence truly, we need to be trying to be pure. We need to be searching for that purity, keeping our minds clean, emptying our minds of worldly, disgusting, perverse things, closing those windows and doors, right? So the only thing that comes in is, is God. We have to be a dwelling place. Our body is a temple where the Holy, Holy Spirit resides. And I can tell you right now, if you're watching pornography, if you're doing horrible, sinful things, and you're creating a horrible place for Holy Spirit to dwell, and then you're turning around and wondering, well, why doesn't God speak to me? Why can't I feel God's presence? You need to ask yourself, am I trying to become pure? Am I trying to purify myself? Am I letting God form me and purify me? Am I putting aside those things that God has told me to put aside? And a lot of times, you know, we wonder, well, what? God's not speaking to me. God's not speaking to me. But did you, you know, interact with him? Did you do the thing he told you to do the last time he spoke to you? So once again, Obedience comes into play here. Obedience. Obedience and discipline. We have to be obedient. and We have to have discipline in our, our diet. God doesn't want us to... We need to be striving to be everything God wants us to be. He wants us to be healthy. He wants us to be pure. He doesn't want us watching pornography or disgusting, disturbing images, or uh, drinking excessively. He wants us to be pure and healthy. We need to look at it like, I want God to come into my life. Okay, we'll create a vessel that God would want to come into your, you know, and reside. Create a space where the Holy Spirit would want to reside in. Not a disgusting, broken package. Okay. So we got, we have to strive for that. And I guarantee if you start doing that, you're going to see God moving more in your life. You're going to hear his voice. And, you know, we create, we just have this tendency to create Babylon's and Egypt's places of captivity or strongholds in our lives through sin and disobedience. Right? The Jews were delivered from Egypt. And then they continued to disobey God. But that's just like us, right? They were delivered from Babel. I mean, how many times do we see, and this is why it's so important that we really study the Old Testament. You have to study the Old Testament to understand the relation here and understand God's character and how he has not changed. He's not changed at all. Okay? But to my point, we get delivered. Right? The Jews got delivered. God, over and over again, forgave them. I mean, if you can't see the grace 
in the Old Testament, and the grace, God's grace, when you read the Bible, oh my gosh. I mean, how many times, how many stories of, you know, let's just go with Abraham when God said, hey, I'm going to give you a son. And they didn't believe him. So what happened? You know the story, right? And God still blessed him. Still blessed him. Okay? But we do that. We get delivered. And then we go back to not practicing that holiness, that discipline that God wants us to do, to practice. And we create the strongholds again. We go right back. And it's like when, you know, Yahweh took them out of Egypt. He delivered them out of Egypt. Right. And they come to a point and they're like, hey, we want to go back. We had food and water and, you know, Yahweh's like, hey, just, you know, you're going to get to the promised land. And they end up wandering for 40 years and it's the same thing. They just keep creating, you know, and we do that same thing. God works miracles. God delivers us from things. And we go right back to, well, you know, I'm just happier when I drink. I'm drinking and doing this. Okay. And we go right back to it. And, and God still, here's the thing. He gives us grace. He does. But there's a reason other than just because God said so and we are to obey him that he tells us these things. There is a physical reason, an earthly reason that we need to obey God's laws. Well, let's look at some of that, right? Um, if you're com- going out and f- committing, you know, you're fornicating, you're just person to person, you're just doing that. Well, what are the consequences of that? Pregnancy out of wedlock, sexually transmitted diseases, generally, statistically speaking, a shorter life, homosexuality. Here we go again. You know, I'm sorry, I'm just going to say it. Statistically speaking, you're going to live a shorter life if you live that lifestyle. That's, these are the reasons, other than, other than God said so, He says so for a reason. He gives us laws and commandments for a reason, because He loves us. He wants us to, he wants us to be healthy. You've got to understand here the point of all this. The point is, is when we were in the garden with Him, that relationship was perfect. That was our relation. We had open communication, open relationship with Yahweh, open relationship with his presence. We walked with God, not in fear. Okay? We, we were comfortable in his presence. The minute Eve took a bite of that fruit, her eyes were opened. We became fearful. That relationship was completely turned on its head, and it took Christ going to the cross 
and atoning for our mistake to set that back right. But God's goal ultimately is to see us restored to that, that Eden model. That is the goal. For us to be in open communion, open relationship with Yahweh in His presence, be in His, we, are to, we were made to be in His presence. And that's the goal. That's the goal of all this. That's the theme of the Bible to first and foremost bring honor and glory to Yahweh. And secondarily to that, bring his creation back into his presence for eternity. You have to look at it like that. So, we get into these things here. We, 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 you know, adultery, like I said, fornication, homosexuality, these lifestyles. And like I said, God, he wants us to be holy and pure and, and adhere to his commandments and have this discipline, not just because he said so. Because he wants us to be healthy. He's, like I said, he's trying to restore us to the Eden model. There's no death, there's no pain, there's suffering. And I can tell you right now, when you go against God's commandments, he knows. He knew. He knows our nature. We are going to continue. That's why Christ had to go to the cross. There was no other way because even Abraham, you look through the Bible, everybody, they just, David, Solomon, the wisest man ever, still had everything and he still blew it in some capacity. Had like 10,000 wives or concubines. And you read Ecclesiastes and you, you... you come to grips with this. Even the wisest man, you know, David, a, a man after God's own heart, failed. He messed it up. God gives us the chance and the opportunities and we mess it up. And he knows that. That's why Jesus had to go to the cross. But he also, you know, if we would just adhere to this and try to strive for that holiness, we would have less catastrophe in our lives. And I know that's hard sometimes. We all struggle. We all make mistakes, and we're going to. That's thank God for grace. But we have to strive for that holiness and that purity. Okay, I mean, let's look at maybe, what's another example? It's another, I mean, you know, if you're coveting, greed, uh, where does that lead you? You may be, you may gain everything. You may gain wealth. But so many times people are, they're just trying to fill a hole where God needs to be. It's the, you know, and and they'll fill that. And like I said, God, every one of the commandments, every one of the moral laws that he gives us is for good reason. Number one reason is because he says so. He's, He's God. But like I said, you know, he wants us to be healthy. He wants us to be happy. Now, it is not always going to be happy, obviously. I do want to share a scripture real quick, and that's Romans 12.1. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove 
what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Well, there Paul says it, right? So, I, I feel like I've covered a lot here, stumbled through a lot, touched on a lot of areas that I'd like to go into further detail each one, <laughs> and I've gone down rabbit holes, but this is kind of just a short introduction to this podcast. This is going to be the first episode or an introductory episode, which, you know, unfortunately I have this sickness that I've been dealing with. So you get to listen to my lovely sick voice, unfortunately. Uh, I, but like I said, I've covered a lot of topics here and I've just touched briefly on them. Um, they're definitely stuff I'm going to delve more into. There's a lot to go over. But I, it's just one of those things where I wanted to touch base on this a little bit. And, you know, we really have to try to understand God's nature and understand that it's not changed. He's not changed. And we need to make sure we're trying daily to be in His presence, studying His Word, in prayer, and trying to purify ourselves. Let God do the work. Let God do the work. Just be obedient and have discipline. So thank you for listening, and I'll see you on the next one.